thanks again for listening to another episode of the Dads Only Fly podcast. We are continually overwhelmed with the reviews and ratings that our podcast is continuing to receive. I want to read one from you tonight from Down East Pirate. He says, from one dad on the fly to another, as a fellow dad, North Carolinian, and fisherman, I can absolutely relate to what you guys are talking about each week. I enjoy your perspectives on each topic. Thanks for allowing us to share in your journey as parents and as fishermen. While I know you guys primarily fish for trout, I'd invite you to explore bass, panfish, and even carp as they make for tremendous fly fishing experiences, especially if you're getting your kids involved in fishing. Regards, Dave Dave Brown Greenville, North Carolina. Dave, thank you so much. What an awesome uh, review, and uh, we definitely do look forward to hopefully getting after some new species soon especially as we get our kids involved, and you guys will be hearing more about that on the podcast as we continue. So we are excited tonight for episode 10, reaching double digits. We're going to talk about some fun things, and uh, hope you enjoy tonight's podcast. Welcome to episode 10 of Dads on the Fly. We are going to talk tonight about fly fishing techniques that we use when on the river. And we're going to try to give you some parenting or dad techniques as well. But before we do that, uh, I just want to welcome everyone. I am Joshua Simmons, and I'm here with my brother Caleb Simmons for episode 10. How you doing, Caleb? I am good, man. Hope you are. Been uh, doing some stuff around the house today, so good to kind of settle down and just kind of Hang out and talk fishing for a little bit. Good way to end the day. Yeah, good day. We had a Sunday fun day with the Simmons family. Uh, Foster had tennis from one to three, and uh, then it rained, and so we kind of just spent the day in Asheville uh, bebopping around looking for some cool stuff, and, uh, you know, it's been pretty fun. Did you go look at any boats? We, we did go to multiple shops that had kayaks. Um, we were actually looking for uh, a couple things for the kids, and uh, – and Foster's getting into golf, so we we, we uh, looked at some golf stuff. I actually played golf with Foster on uh, on Saturday, and uh, I had not played golf since Corbin was born, except for two times in the last two weeks with Foster. And and it it was really crazy. I was uh, even par through five holes. Maybe you should not play golf more often. I think that's what it was. <laughs> of course, I doubled two of the last four holes. There you go. But so that was more like it. But. So it's kind of got me like wondering if I should trade in my fourteen don't say go ahead fourteen year old irons. But oh, then I, okay, okay. I thought you were about to say like trade in like a fly rod for new clubs or something. No, 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 not at all. But I was thinking you. like four, four. My my clubs are my irons are fourteen years old, and I'm like, but I can't drop it. I feel very guilty dropping money on a hobby other than fishing. I uh, uh, yeah, I think you should just stick to the old ones. Yeah, like we were. At, um, Dick's looking at like stuff for Foster and like the irons are so I'm like oh my gosh I could buy a I mean you could buy, could a, buy a boat <laughs> could buy a fly rod and all kinds of stuff for the price of that yeah well that's cool well we are uh, excited tonight to talk a little bit about some of our techniques that we use when it comes to fly fishing give you kind of the uh, here's a technique our thoughts on it what we like what we don't like and then maybe try to relate that to some techniques that we Use as parents. Uh, again, we are novices. We are on the fly, but definitely some stuff that's worked and hasn't worked for us. 
yeah, we're going to start with, um, I don't know, I guess this is the, what everybody says is the main, what, what do you call it, like, the one and only, like, the true natural fly fishing, right? Is that what they say? Like, the, the dry fly fly fishing is like the... Yeah, so straight dry fly. So throw in... And so, for those who aren't anglers that are listening along to the podcast, what we mean by just straight dry fly fishing is when you are casting a fly out onto the water, and it's called dry fly because it technically sits and floats on top of the water, and so you're hoping to catch a rising fish to come up and hit that fake dry fly. Yeah, it's like uh, the fly is supposed to stay dry, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about the fly fishing technique of the dry fly mm-hmm. and uh, kind of when we do it, time of year. And um, and then, you know, we'll see if we can throw in a parenting. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we can get. Okay, so first of all, um, what is your – just hey, let's do it this way. What is your favorite dry fly? Oh, favorite dry fly. I never leave home without a parachute Adams. Parachute Adams. I thought you were going to say Yellow Sally on that one. Um, I have become more accustomed to the stimulator lately. Stimmies, I usually have a few stimmies as well, but definitely the thing is with like stimulators and stuff, I think with the color and everything, I, I think the, the way it works for me is anytime I'm fishing with dry flies and I'm not getting any kind of bites or hits or anything, I will switch to a parachute atoms and ah, usually yeah. get something i enjoy the parachute atoms because i can see it well which means i can usually fish it well uh i will say that for dry fly fishing i tend to um not attach extra tippet to my leader i tend to just put the um dry fly on the end of my leader fishing either five or six x leaders um typically where we are and uh you know, sometimes I think people stray away from a uh, bigger dry fly because they think they're targeting small fish. But a lot of times those small, hungry little brookies will, if you got the right dry fly on, they'll come hit it. They'll catch fly. They'll catch fish half the size of them, it seems like, sometimes. Or it does catch, do that. They'll, they'll, yeah. They'll go after flies half the size of them. What would you say the most difficult part of dry fly fishing is? Keeping your fly dry. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's always one of the things, you know, you got to... Make sure you doctor it. Make sure you're putting floating on it. Make sure you're, you know, drying it off. Um, we are gink people, but I also have some of that. Uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. That frogs fanning that, now too. That powder stuff. Yeah, that mm-hmm. kind of powder stuff works pretty, pretty good. good. Um, you know, we, we love to dry fly fish. Uh, it doesn't present itself as a successful technique in all types of water. Um, nor does it. Uh, let's see. What would you say? Times a year, I think are are probably better. For, for dry fly fishing, um, and, and sometimes times of day, too. Yeah, for sure. Early morning, or, you know, when we say early, you know, first couple hours sunrise, last couple hours before sunset, usually when you're going to get the most dry fly bite. Yeah, and some people, you know, that I have old, um, older gentlemen in my church, and that's the only way they fish. Yeah, and that's, a lot of people kind of are that way, you know, and a lot of people, I think, when they think, fly fishing this is what they think well that's because they've seen a river runs through it and that is a you know the dry bug floating there and that's how they call fish yeah and And that's how fly fishing i think was started right yeah well how it became super popular i think and uh and it is seeing that super fun it is there is something very intriguing about it it is awesome to see fish come up and rise to your dry fly Mm -hmm. so um and getting the getting the fly in the right you know pocket of water Getting it in the right run. 
Um, yeah, I was listening to a podcast, oh, and I wish I could remember which one it was now, about dry fly fishing, something I want to try. But uh talked about how he was uh, like putting a, a smaller dry fly mm-hmm. first and then a tag bigger mm-hmm. dry fly. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that fish is hitting the first dry fly. So it was like two dry flies at the same time. Sometimes that fish is hitting it. He, he doesn't even see it. It's so small. But it's like, ah, whose podcast? I want to think it was the Wildfly guys talking about it. I don't okay. know what. Yeah. But I mean, it, anyway, it was, it was a cool concept, and I've tried that. Um, but, it, you know, dry fly fishing is what a lot of people do. There are a ton of people who that's all they do. They just mm-hmm. say if they can't catch fish on a dry fly, they won't. Yeah. Um, I think another technique we're going to talk about in a minute has kind of gotten more popular just because of the amount of fish it catches. Yeah. But uh, some people say that's like the what dry fly fishing is like the, um, what do you say, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You know, like this is the original way to do it. Like, yeah, the, like I, the, I, I don't know what word we're going for there. I can't think of it either. But yeah, it's kind of the, um, it's the thing that, that most people go to and most people think of when they think of fly fishing. But I'll be honest, I can't remember the last time I threw just a dry fly. I do it sometimes in the, in the park if, if, if it's uh, really good. And th- there are some day, I don't know. I mean, I haven't done it in like DH water a lot or um, mm-hmm. in in big waters, but uh, there are times. I, I think it's more difficult, maybe. Yeah. For, well, you just catch less fish. But I think sometimes it's because it's more difficult. Absolutely. Because I think that the fly presentation is much more difficult. And, you know, casting to a pocket of water across rapids or across white water without getting that dry it, it's it's more difficult yeah it definitely is but that's probably why too then we go to our i guess next technique which would be the dry dropper the dry dropper the dry dropper yes and we that is our that is my favorite that's kind my of fishing. go-to yeah, yeah that's we, my go-to fly fishing and so what we mean by dry dropper is you've got a dry fly on top and you um either with a tag from tippet that you've tied like a double surgeon's knot into your leader or just simply dropping a tag off the back of the hook of your dry fly, um, another 18 inches to two to three feet, depending on the depth of the water. Mm, yeah, three feet would be a bit much. I've never done one three feet, but I guess you could. Yeah, then you're tying a subsurface fly underneath that, so some type of nip, some type of, you know. Something with heavier, a bead head, maybe. Something yeah. with a bead head, most likely, to try to get down into a different channel of water. It's more options. I mean, you got double the chances double the of chances. catching fish. Well, and the majority of fish eat subsurface. They do. And it's really cool when you, you know, catch fish both ways on a mm-hmm. trip all day and you're catching some on the dry and some on the dropper. And yeah, it's definitely what we love to do the most. You know, we, we typically tie our droppers. Uh, we talk about dropper fishing. I, I typically tr- tie my dropper. I usually start around 18 inches. And then once I'm in the water that day, if I see that the water's up, you know, or the pockets are deep, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or I can also bring that in. So, all right, your favorite. You asked me this. Your favorite subsurface fly. God, that's a tough one. You know, I, I'm just such a fan of the greeny weeny when I'm out there. <laughs> I know it's a it's a boring Especially fly, raining. but it really produces results. I also love the. Um, I really like a teleco nymph in the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I throw a lot of rainbow warriors. I figured that's what you were gonna say. Yeah, and. Uh, I tie a lot of rainbow warriors, and then uh, just a lot of pheasant tail nips. Here lately, the waltz worm's been big for me too, though. The waltz worm. It's been a it's been a fun little fly. I tie it real small, and it's gotten 
probably the most action here lately. For so me. those are probably our two most yeah, and I think, techniques I of think fishing. Part of the reason too that like draw dropper is probably my go-to fishing technique is because you've got the potential for the excitement of a dry fly eat, but you've got the more uh, possibility of success. I mean, even when dry and something subsurface, even when we're fishing in the middle of winter and the dry fly bite might not be there, or even the conditions don't present, I still dry dropper fish because it's kind of like having an indicator with a hook on it. Yeah, it is. It's the way I look at it. Yeah, it's an indicator yeah, with a hook for on sure. it. Um, and so I'm like, hey, well, you know, if the dry stops, I can set the hook on the nymph, but if it doesn't, I make it a hit there. Um, I think it's too oftentimes maybe people don't dry dropper fish in like DH water or maybe stocked waters because they're they don't think but but I don't I think you can be just as successful. It's just how you fish the water. Yeah. Um I've had success both ways. Mm-hmm. So um can, can we come up with any parenting techniques right here that we've gone we've gone two of our kind of four techniques. Can we come up with any parenting techniques? Uh, I got a question for you on one okay. of those. So when your kids are little and yours are still smaller than mine and uh I don't do this as much but did did you use the timeout technique? Yeah. Oh yeah, we still do. So like I remember when we were doing the timeout, I read this somewhere, somebody told me like the perfect amount of timeout is like minutes per age. Yeah, we've done that. Um It's like if the kid's three, you can like three minutes. Three minutes timeouts. timeouts. Yeah. Uh yeah, we try that. You know, James James is our three year old, just turned three. We're gonna talk about that at the end of the podcast. Uh yeah, we try to do a three-minute timeout with him. Um, works pretty good. I've, I've, my kids are old enough now that I don't have to do timeout anymore. I can take mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about taking things maybe later. But uh, mm-hmm. I can remember when my kids were little. Um, Foster did pretty well with timeout, and then Corbin's kind of like my James, and, you know, they're kind of similar. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Timeout, uh, I don't know if it works with – James, it worked really well with Reed, our oldest. I mean, I think it doesn't work, you know, certain techniques, and that's a great point. Certain we're techniques do not there. always work with yeah, certain kids. I think kids. we'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, timeout doesn't work for James. It did for Reed, and it still could. We usually don't have to anymore. It's kind of like you. He's getting the age where we can kind of just take things away um, for any type of punishment. Uh, but get another technique while we're. We don't have to talk about punishment techniques or discipline. Yeah, I was we say, could talk let's about, talk we could about go fun. into. I mean, well, if we want to do that, then like let's talk about. And maybe this does relate to the dry, dry dropper conversation we were having just a minute ago. Um, I think when it comes to punishing your kids, discipline. Or, discipline yeah, that's a better thing. I like punishing, disciplining, disciplining, your disciplining your kids. Your kids uh, you want to do the thing that's going to be the most successful. So kind of like tying a dropper onto the bottom of your dry fly, not just the thing that maybe gets the most. Um, Action in the moment, <laughs> or brings about the most excitement. It's a great way to Does look at it. Does that make sense? So uh, I think when it comes to like disciplining my kids, the thing that I feel is the most successful is when we. I, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I learned when I was teaching. We use a lot of positive reinforcement around here, so we constantly try to praise our kids when they get it right and when they do the right thing, and we try to make a big deal about it when they do the right thing. Like so, for example. You know, one of the things we're really talking about with um, James is he's just two and he's or just turned three, three now. He's just turned three this past week. And, you know, he's kind of he's just always kind of been a kid who who 
if he's not getting what he wants, he's bad to whine. Just and and I think that's just an age thing. I think that's all kids. Yeah, true. And but he just he's bad for it. Like all of a sudden something he'll be happy go lucky all the time, and then all of a sudden something goes wrong, or like you know he wants something to eat instead of just coming up and being like, hey, can I please have something to eat? It's oh, I'm hungry and I want something to eat, and that just drives me nuts as a dad. So we've really been working on this, like talking to us like a big boy and saying please and asking for something. And so, you know, he doesn't get it right all the time, but every time he does it, we try to make a big deal about it. Like every time he comes and says, Hey dad, can I please have a snack? Or Hey dad, can I please do this? We try to make a big deal out about it. And we just try to really praise that. And I think that positive reinforcement is a whole lot more successful. I think that's awesome. I also think you gave another great technique in there. And that is, uh, we talk about this on this podcast a lot, like communication and communication with your kids and how your kids talk to you is a technique that I think, no matter the age of your children, if they are not adults yet, I mean, we could do a, there's plenty of adult communication issues out there too, but yeah. with no matter the age of your children, how you communicate with them is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the tone of your voice, how you do that, when you do it, um, it means so much to your kids. So I think you got two techniques in there. Yeah, Com- I like it. Communication and positive reinforcement. Look Especially like thinking about tone and stuff. With kids. Man, sheesh, I dropped the ball on that today having a frustrating day, putting out new flooring in my yeah, foyer, and then a child walking in. and Yeah, when you're trying to do housing improvement oh, projects, it's better to just man. take the children to grandparents. <laughs> Didn't have that. That's a technique right there. <laughs> There's your, we'll come back to that. That's your dad tip of the week one. right there, people. Send them away. Now, uh, let's, talk, let's go back to some fly fishing techniques. I got so two more. What's your, what's your other two techniques? We'll talk about these two, and then we'll maybe throw a couple more we'll parenting techniques. fly technique that you will have not experienced it with, but it'll be okay. So let's start with... Um, let's go. Can we go Euro nymphing next? Yeah, sure. It's kind of a big thing here in the last few years. Um, I've done it a few times. I had a uh, Euro nymphing rod there for a little bit, a big ten foot two weight rod. Um, can I go ahead? Um, to have a confession. Okay. You've never done it. I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. Uh, okay. I don't think it's that. I, I'm not against people who do it. Yeah. I think it's just like the, I don't know. It's like the thing I just don't, I, I, I don't, I guess there's two ways I could look at it. One, I'm not a fan because maybe I don't tie good enough leader knots to figure it out. Because <laughs> like the one guy that tried to get me to do it one time, he tied like this elaborate leader that was like 17 different knots and it was like a yeah. blue, green, orange. And then it was, yeah. and yeah, I was like, nah, I'm not going to be able to do that. And then number two, I, I don't know. First of all, all the competitive fly fishers out there, all the, that's what they do, right? Mm-hmm. They Euro nymph, and it is mm-hmm. like they will catch lots of fish, but tons of fish. Mm-hmm. You got me? I I don't know. It's like I'm. It's missing the excitement factor for you. Maybe, or it's maybe like the, um. Hey, you got to do this part, and I'm like, nah. You know, like, well, you got to have this, or like when you're trying to do something else, like. Well, you, you got to do it this way. And it's like, this is the new way to fish. And I, and it could be, and it may be great. I just, I've never done it. Yeah. Like, I've had very limited experience with it. Um, done it a few times. It's fun. I mean, you catch, you do, you catch a lot more fish. Um, it, it was it like, produces it felt, results. It felt like it was like so on fire hot, like two years ago. It was like yeah. everything you watched or listened to, there was a video, there was a rod, there was a, it was like Euro nipping, and, yeah. and it still may be in places. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's just I think it's a way. I think it is a way to catch a lot of fish. There is a lot of um, 
just kind of different, uh, I guess, little idiosyncrasies to it, little things that you have to have and certain specific types of leaders and certain, you know, tiffet rings and types of tiffet and, yeah, maybe you, know, you have to have a, you have to have a me. specific. I mean, you have to have a specific rod kind of just for this. You can do it like with a nine foot three weight two weight rod, um, but it's just it's better if you have kind of more specific equipment for it, I guess. And so I think that's part of probably yeah. too. And why I want, we I want everybody to hear this clear. It. If you're a fly fisherman listening to this, I've I'm not. I think it's great if you're good at it yeah. and you rock it out and you like it, go for it. I think it's awesome. It just doesn't it's seem like thing. it's something for me. Yeah. But what I mean, is for me is my the next technique. Okay, good. And that is the glorious streamer fish. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I, so when we when we say streamer fishing, again, those people who maybe aren't anglers listening to the podcast, um, that is tying a pretty large fly, usually, or larger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely the largest flies I have. Yeah, definitely a larger fly. Um usually with some weight in it. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you want to get it underneath the water. And you are casting this. Uh, there's a couple different techniques in let's talk the about way them. you do it. <laughs> so, Come on, let's talk about them. So you cast it, you know, upstream into the, uh, into the, into the run, and you are kind of stripping it back. Um, or you can let it go all the way down and then strip it back. You can, you can dead drift, drift your streamer. Let it, let it dead drift like a big fat leech or something on the bottom. And then when it gets to the end, you can start stripping it back at the run. And uh, and some of the bites you get on a streamer are just... It's fun. pretty ecstatic. Um, you know, that's the way... It's kind of the way they fish for pretty much any other species. You know, bass well, fishing. As our review you read earlier from our friend on the East Coast, yeah. he must do a lot of pan fishing, which is cool. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you pan fish for like... Dry flies and bugs stuff and too, stuff, yeah. and but, little small bugs. But like a lot of people, bass fish, um, smallmouth yeah. fish, and they all they do is throw streamers. Yeah, you're throwing streamers. Most and of the time. Uh, I don't know. I, I love casting streamer. Here's the great thing I think about streamer fishing. If you're a beginner, now some people would say, as we talked about earlier, well, streamer fishing is not real fly fishing. Like yeah, it's I not. Disagree. Uh, but it's not like you know you're not presenting a dry fly. You're yeah. not triple looping your cast and all, all that art. That's not the, the art uh, of the, fly yeah. fishing. But by golly, when you get a streamer bite it and you fun. get the fish on the reel on a streamer rod. So that's how I started. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, how I got addicted. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I feel like it's more similar to like spin fishing because mm. with spin fishing, you know how like you bump and kind of like reel in like a crankbait or a whatever, like a spinning. Like yeah. What's a, what are those called? I don't even remember anymore. What are beetle bugs? Beetle or spin? Beetle yeah. spin. Yeah, okay. see, I don't even play. Buzzer <laughs> bait. Yeah, yeah, buzzer bait or whatever. Anyway, so it's it's more similar, right? Mm-hmm. And you, there's there's so much you can do with it. Yeah. You, you can just have so much fun with a, with a streamer, and, and that's why I like it. The fun thing about streamer fishing for me, especially, and so like if I go to DH water now, I'm throwing a streamer. Well, with all this rain we're getting right now and possibly some tomorrow, uh, I'm hoping it'll like, no offense to any gods out there, but I'm hoping it'll like <laughs> clear up our DH water for a couple of days <laughs> and that away. is streamer time when it's raining. Yeah, it's so much fun, um, especially trout fishing. Like you said, you get some just big, you get some cool eats. And you do, here's the other thing about being a beginner if you're streamer fishing. You don't have to be a great caster. Because that bad boy could just splash yeah, the water, true, yeah. let it run, big so, old bug. Well, in some ways, that's how you catch, you know, especially like 
in in DH water and stuff and trout that are kind of holed up like these big trout you cast that big bug out there that big woolly bugger whatever it is you're throwing it splashes that water and you start you know because the, the the way a the way a streamer kind of works is you're basically creating something that looks kind of like a bait fish bait fish or something in the water Crawl that just in. looks yeah that Absolutely. looks appealing to a fish and so you catch their attention like and you start food. yeah yeah exactly and you start jerking it away from them and the way that that thing is running away from them gets them excited and attracted and they go destroy it streamers I mean, you're not that's the thing like you know dry driver fishing dry fly fishing nymphing i mean it's usually you know you might get some big eats on a dry fly every now and then but if you catch a fish on a streamer you you are going to see some okay. splash like that it. fish is fired up I figured it out. Here's what I've been looking for the whole time. A good comparison to what other people know, right? Okay. So, like, your dry fly is like the Ruth Chris steak. You got me? <laughs> okay, like, yeah, it's like listen. the, like the, what is that? The elegant, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. And, like, your streamers are like chicken nuggets. Maybe that's why we like it. <laughs> yes, that, there you go. I mean, your streamers like. If anybody doesn't know, we eat a lot more fast food than we do Ruth Chris around yeah, here. That's so. the, come and get it, boys. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's cool, right? And so. But and it's it, exciting. And I if mean, you think it's, about it, it's fun to watch. I mean, I have I have caught fish on the on the streamer before, especially in some DH water where I've casted that bug across the river, let it float, let it drift downstream, started stripping it back, and watched the fish chase it. I mean, that that's a fun thing to see because you know we're fishing in some pretty crystal clear water. You start stripping that bug back, and you see that trout come out from behind a rock or from underneath oh, yeah. something, and it starts chasing it, and you're having to kind of. You know, you can't just let it go because if you let it go, it's going to dart off because it's going to notice there's something wrong. But if you're stripping it right and you're bumping it right, it's going to eventually just attack that thing. And that, that's an exciting thing to watch. Yeah, I, there's a there's a guy out there I follow on Instagram. Um, I don't I don't mind mentioning him. I don't know if he would mind me mentioning him. He he's pretty cool. He he that's all he does. He he only streamer fishes. Now yeah. he says that you know he will not maybe catch as many fish. But typically, the fish he does catch, oh, those, those monster, like those monster browns that yeah. just come out and eat like that, and 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 so I'm challenging myself, like next year, next spring, maybe some in the fall, is to streamer fish more, maybe in some of the streams I only dry dropper fish. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like little tiny streams, like in the- not like super tiny blue lines, but there's some streams in the park that are big enough to streamer fish. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Like it may be a little different, but I'm challenging myself to try because. There is this this guy like you, I could throw the there's an Instagram video or maybe it's a I think Wildfly did a video um, and uh, that's all they did they were like streamers fishing small streams and you never know like all fish are the same they all eat the same yeah it's I mean, just yeah. some of the streamers we're throwing are bigger than the fish we're mm-hmm. catching in the park yeah but uh, yeah so obviously as you can tell we went a little long on that but we love the streamer fishing yeah it's a good time it's just exciting it's pretty fun I mean I bought an entire rod set up just to, just to do that yeah and hopefully start catching kind of going after some different species with that as well I mean yeah great way to do that would be in a vessel yes like a boat yep it's going to happen it's going to happen okay um, so yeah dad techniques kinda. oh yeah you had a couple more you wanted to go at Oh, I didn't have any. I was going to ask you what, what, how you would kind of relate these. <laughs> so, but yeah. But you were so much better. At, I mean, you got the communication and the, uh, the uh, positive reinforcement on the last on one. The fly, man. It's all on the fly. I would say here's a dad technique that 
I feel like I've gotten this one decently right. Okay. I have never, and I hope I've never done this. I probably have in some ways, but I try really hard not to. Mm-hmm. Push my, push is the wrong word. Like I just think about Foster and what he's involved in. I kind of let him choose, but I kind of guided him into some athletic endeavors that I thought would be more suited to him. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if that's a technique or not, but in other words, like I think it is. I think, well, I mean, okay, this is how I'm going to relate this to the urine infant thing. You know, like two years ago, that was the thing, you know, you had to get a urine infant rod. You had to get the thing. You had to get the right start, start using the right fly, start getting all the right stuff. And you didn't like it and you weren't about it. And so you never dove into it. I think a lot of times as parents, we want to, uh, kind of force our kids into some things that they don't really care about, <laughs> um, that they don't really want to do, or we want to live vicariously through them, or we want to, especially when, it, when I think about it a lot, I think about like sports and athletics. Um, you know, I see that in a lot of parents who are, who are forcing their kids into, you know, different sporting events, different, you know. Yeah, and I haven't, like I mean, there was just some things. teams and stuff like that, and their kids just get burnt out, or their kids get, you know, we just don't, don't really care about this, don't really like it. Like, they... Yeah, there were some like things I've, that... I've, I've talked to teenagers before who they played the sport for their parent. Yeah, they didn't the, do it for themselves. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to do that. Yeah, and I never want to do that to my kid either. But, it, but it's really hard not to, because, yeah. like, you just think, like, oh, this was great. I loved it when I was a kid, so you should mm-hmm. love it, too. Um, Although I don't know why I love some of the things I did when I was kid. Well, but, but like you're taking Foster to play tennis, and dude, we didn't do tennis. But but see, that was strategic on mm-hmm. my part. Like now, it worked out, so it had a lot to do with him. Mm-hmm. Like he's really loved it. But it's kind of like I knew Foster. I knew that he probably like he enjoys like playing football at recess with his friends, and. But I, I don't think he would like it. Like, he just, it's not his nature. He's not real, like, aggressive about things like that. Whereas tennis, it's like, he loves it. Now, it has been difficult individually because, like, it's individual sports. No way to, but he plays soccer, too, so he likes that. But, but the tennis thing has worked out really great for Foster. I would also say that with Corbin, she's six, and I didn't do this with either child. And, and we may have missed some stuff. I don't know. We tried not to start him out too early now a lot of people differ on that and that's fine and this is like whether it's sports or dance or playing guitar or playing uh whatever your kid wants to be in um i think too often times we feel like it has to be some sort of athletic sport or whatever but yeah you know whatever your kid that's yeah i mean if it's music if it's whatever singing singing, we just told our kids and i and i kind of got this off of uh angela duckworth has a book i read a couple years ago called grit and uh, I think that's the name of it. Anyway, it's, it's all about grit. And uh, she said, you know, whatever you do with your kids, like, and I'm totally stealing this from this book. Is that, are we allowed to do that? I don't know. Yeah, we just, I mean, gave, her, we just, just gave, gave her credit. Her, right? Yeah, okay. you gave her credit. So she makes her kids do a hard thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, like, tennis is hard, right, mm-hmm. for a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, you're going to stick with this hard thing for a year. If you love it, great. If you don't, we'll yeah. throw it away and pick yeah. another hard thing. You put a time limit on it. Yeah, to, to a degree, but, yeah. you know, say it's a hard thing. So, like, Foster loved it, and he kept doing it, and now we're still into it, and rock and roll. Corbin chose tumble dance. You know, it's we don't know how long it'll last. It doesn't yeah. have to last forever, but it's just one thing for right now. And so we try to do that. Um, I, I don't know where I, how I got on all this, but 
I think the most important thing is you want your kid to be successful. Yes, we all do. But we also want them to understand that things are hard and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and failure, mistakes are okay. And I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier. Positive reinforcement, let's not focus on the mistake as much. Yeah. And I'm really bad for that. Oh, me too. I think most dads are. I can be really guilty for that. But you know, it's like you said, not, I I want to take foster fishing. Yeah. And I do sometimes. But he hasn't shown like a. Big interest yet. Kind of. But like last Thursday night, we were at this uh, event Mm -hmm. and there was a big pond and uh, he was fishing. He wasn't fly fishing though. It was kind of like, it would have been hard for him to fly fish. A lot of people around. Yeah. But he started catching fish on his own. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's exciting. Like, it was on a spinning rod. So? so yeah. It, it was fine. But it was, like, artificial bait, so we weren't using, like, live bait. And he started catching fish. Like, like seven casts in a row, he was catching fish. Like, every yeah. cast. So that means he was hooking fish on his own. Like, you know how it is once you can feel it. Like, yeah. you kind of get So that was really cool. And so, maybe we will try to go. We were going to yeah. try to go today. It rained. But, you know, we're going to try to do it some more. Yeah. I think, I think into it. Yeah, I think kind of like, and maybe we, we'll we'll learn about this as we go a little bit, and maybe years down the road we'll talk more about this on the podcast. But you know, my kids are so young; taking them fishing is a is is a chore, and especially around here to a river. Um, I think taking them to a pond where things are a little bit calmer, you know, would be a good would, idea. It's a good idea. Although I heard on a, another podcast, that's all I did this last week was a podcast about how sometimes when you take your kid fishing, you just have to realize you're not fishing. That's a really good point. Yeah, like, you're not going to try to catch fish. You're pretty much a... You're just going to make an experience. Yeah. You're paying to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Because you bought everything the kids play with anyway. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to buy whatever else later. So yeah. you're paying to you're, God. You're paying to be the guy. That's a good point. So that's pretty cool. Um yeah. I think, too, kind of going um, back to what you were, you were saying. I had something else I wanted to say, and it just completely left me. Well, I got one more thing of technique if it comes to you. Okay, yeah. I just, I just want to throw this out there. And there are tons of people who say this is not fly fishing, and they may be correct. But I have Tenkara fished oh, many different yeah. times. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And for a young kid, mm-hmm. that can really, it's easier to cast. Mm-hmm. You have no reel. Mm-hmm. And Foster does like to yeah, Tenkara he do, fish. He likes to do that a lot. Yes, he does. And he, he did that, that at the, on the couple of ponds. Yeah, and he did that at the pond the other night. Caught the a big little brim, yeah. Yeah, and, and so he likes that. Um, if you're not familiar with Tenkara, there's all kinds of brands out there now. Um, it's Japanese fly fishing, right? It is. You can read. There's all kinds of articles, um, tons of information, YouTube videos. Just check it out. T-E-N-K-A. Spelling is not much wrong. T-E-N-K-A-R-A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could have a whole spelling episode anyway. We'll tell you all about that story one day. But, um, yeah, it's a cool concept. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say earlier when you talked about Euronymphine, Tenkara is not your own thing, but I get such a good drift with my Tenkara rod. Yeah. And it's so long that I can kind of kind of create it that way. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, when I first started fishing, fly fishing, had a, a, a random colleague give me a Tenkara rod. And dude, in a DH water with a Tenkara rod and the right lure, the right yeah, fly, you, it, it can go crazy. Yeah. And you can catch a lot of fish, mm-hmm. um, which Foster loves to do, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there as so one more technique that 
don't be afraid of just to get started maybe yep all right last last kind of dad technique yeah, bring it home relates to the streamer style of fishing i love it you know we love streamer fishing because it's exciting creates cool moments i think you got to be intentional about creating those things like that with your kids oh for sure i think you know Sometimes in the day-to-day and the hurry and the hustle of everything, of getting to school and classes and, you know, practices and all of those different things, we got to make sure we have fun. You want to hear about my cool moment today? Yeah, send it. So we're at Target. Okay. The Target with those plastic buggies. Yeah. Do you know, like... Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. They're like the um i don't know they're like the v8 of buggies okay the yeah. v12 those <laughs> things will fly right yeah, yeah yeah so um oh here's a random technique too when our kids are six and ten and we take two buggies nice we put one in one buggy <laughs> and one in the other <laughs> nice okay. i'm just telling you right now people look at us like we're crazy that's smart i like it but i mean i mean foster could walk around and he will yeah. corbin is kind of like you put her in a buggy to Corraler. It's a keeper, yeah, yes. I get it. Okay, but anyway, so Foster's in my buggy today. Sometimes we switch. Laura had Corbin today because they were, like, looking for Corbin clothes. So me and Foster had a buggy. Well, there was a straightaway with nobody on it. Did y'all do a buggy race? No. it was okay. so, Dude, it was so incredibly fast that buggy got onto. And I was able to put my forearms, and I had my rainbows on, and kind of, like, glide. <laughs> nice. And it was, like, total, like, we were we were flying. I love it. It was like his favorite part of the day. Like yeah. he laughed about it for forever. So like, see, that was creating a I moment. Yeah. Like, do you remember, we used to do this with dad all the time. We used to go to the shopping mall and dad would always get the big super bouncy balls. Oh yeah. And we would like, <laughs> we, I remember we, one of the things we used to do is you would stand on one side of the hall. I would stand on the other side and we'd try to bounce it between people's legs as they walked by. Yeah. We, we would just, I mean, a bouncy ball and a shopping trip for us was well, like, that was, and it's so funny. Like here we are in our thirties, still talking about that, and we were six and ten when we used to do it. Oh and, yeah. But like that was the thing that I think our dad got, and that I want to try to do with my kids is you got to be intentionally fun because kids speak the language of fun. Create right? moments when you don't think moments are creatable. Me and my kids rhyme a lot in the car. Yeah, we write our own songs. I love it. Uh, we're we, bad for that too. We um. We, I don't know, piggyback rides in, like today on the stairs, Corbin got mad because Foster got a piggyback ride up, so Corbin got a piggyback there ride go. down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you create moments that don't, that people would think are like, not. be okay to be stupid. Like, be, uh, not stu- but like, be okay to be seen as goofy and weird, like. I have no problem doing yeah, that. Yeah, I know you don't. Um, Just be intentional about creating fun with your kids because that's what speaks to them. Yeah, we we had fun um, at Target, and uh, and that's the stuff they're going to remember. Yeah, it, like, it was. They're going to remember. They're going to remember the fun at Target. They're they're probably not going to remember every. I mean, Foster's not going to remember every tennis match. Yeah, he doesn't ever remember every tennis match, but I mean, he remembers the weirdest things, and he has a crazy <laughs> memory. But yeah, no, he doesn't remember yeah. every tennis match, but he yeah. can remember stuff we talked about like four years ago. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> he's that kid. Yeah, he, he is crazy, but like that. But yeah, for sure, man, that's a great point, and that mm-hmm. just brought me up to my Target buggy ride today. It yeah. was cool, and. Um, yeah. Create, create intentional moments of excitement and fun for your kids. I think it's huge. Excitement. Yep. Because that's what streamer fishing oh, is all man, about. that's what it so much is. Yeah, you caught a big fish on a streamer oh, down man. in Georgia last time. Oh, gosh. It was so wild. Yeah. That so, was a cool story. 
Sure fishing. Maybe we'll throw some of our. Hey, you know what we didn't do? We didn't. It's kind of going back. You didn't tell me your favorite streamer. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, oh, man. we did. I mean, I guess drive by, drive. I mean, the only one I know how to tie right now is a woolly bugger. We do so like the woolly bugger. It's kind buggers. of a go-to. I mean, it's base. It's simple. It and it's effective. Um, I'm trying to think of any ones that I really. I don't really ever use any other ones trout fishing except if I'm with like a guide or something, and they've got some fancy schmancy streamer-related crazy thing. So yeah. Okay, so the woolly bugger is our go-to streamer, That's and it. white and black and olive green. Olive's really effective too. Sometimes even brown's good. Yep. Sometimes I got a black one that I put a little orange bead on. That's kind of exciting too. Yeah, I think I'm going streamer fishing this week. I love it. That's good. Go hit some DH water. It just yep. got stocked. Yeah, it's time to go. It catch is time some, to go catch some, some stalkers on some streamers. Take some people who've never been before and go fire it up. Well, hey, I think we're going to wrap up the technique stuff. One thing we do want to do is uh, you kind of set this precedence with Foster a few weeks ago, and this past week we celebrated our youngest son James's three-year-old birthday. Yes, we did, and I don't want to say this. James is, does not like, excuse me, James does not lack creating exciting <laughs> That is a good way to say that. That is a great way to say that. Yeah, so James turned three. James is an awesome kid. Uh, he, you know, he definitely brings a lot, like you just said, he brings a lot of excitement to our lives. Um, he is rambunctious. He is wide open. Um, you know, when we had Reed, I never understood you know, what having another one would be like, never realize, you know, you can love a kid like you love your first one. And then he comes along and it just kind of expands. And he, he, he's so different than his brother. Uh, he is definitely not, um, he, he is, he just never slows down and he's wide open into everything. And we love it. I mean, he brings a lot of joy, a lot of excitement to our lives for sure. Um, he is a little stubborn at times and, uh, but he has taught me so much as a dad about some of the things we talked about tonight, about being patient, about being uh, intentionally fun, about reinforcing all the positive things and not focusing on the negative. And I am so glad to have him as, as my son. He is definitely a lot of fun to be around. Happy birthday, James. That'll do it for episode 10 of Dads on the Fly. We look forward to taking our kids fishing before the next episode. Okay. Yep. And maybe we can talk a little bit about that. That's our plan. If the weather cooperates. That's that's the goal. We'll see how it goes. You guys have a great week. Thanks for joining us for episode 10 of Dads on the Fly. We will see you next week for episode 11. See you then.